Section 6 of The Wavy-Tailed Warrior. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Adrian Stevens. The Wavy-Tailed Warrior by John Breck. The Battle of the Potato Bugs. You never saw anyone so puzzled as Stripe Skunk and Tad Coon, after Tommy had gone running back to the barn to milk his cows, with the shiny watch ticking away in his pocket. I didn't hear it tell Tommy to do anything, said Tad. It was just saying the same thing over and over all the time. Because it made a noise, Tad thought, of course, the watch was talking. He never knew the black marks on its face meant anything more to Tommy than Tommy would have known the black spots on a nice little orange-coloured ladybug meant anything to Tad Coon. Striped Skunk was squinting thoughtfully at one with his head on one side, and he knew what those spots meant. They meant that you mustn't eat it. By and by he said, It told me something. It told me that I must keep on the lookout for Tommy Peel's potato bugs. They make just that kind of noise when you squeeze them and I'll have to be mighty careful not to let em lay any eggs. They're horrid things. I couldn't eat very many of em. So off he pattered to look at them. Now, a potato bug is a second cousin to the nice spotty ladybug. You know her all right enough. You sing that song, Ladybug, ladybug, fly away home. Your house is on fire, and your children will burn. And sure enough, She'll lift her stiff black and orange skirts and shake out the wings she keeps tucked up under them so they won't get draggled when she's walking and go off in a hurry. But the potato bug isn't pretty and he isn't nice. He's mustard yellow with three stripes, which mean that some folks can eat him, and a pair of dots, which mean that most folks can't. Just before the first frost in the fall, he burrows down under the earth that is common to all and makes himself a little house, snugly waterproofed with varnish against the rains. There he learns all sorts of tricks from the bad ones who are always making Mother Nature so much trouble. When it comes time to creep out in the spring, he knows she has guards out watching for him. Because his wife lays eggs that look like little clusters of yellow bananas, and tastes so good that she has to be mighty careful about hiding them. But there's no end of trouble if they hatch, for nobody can eat his dirty little six-legged caterpillar children. So he sends out spies to be sure the coast is clear, and when no one is looking, out marches a whole yellow uniformed army that swarms all over the potato plant's neat green leaves, and the army gnaws and nibbles, and fights and scrambles to do all the harm and lay all the eggs it possibly can before Mother Nature's fighters can come to rescue the poor potato plants. Stripes had hunted a long time before he found a single spy just a few days before. Now he was surrounded by a whole potato bug army. Tommy Peel's potato patch was besieged, and there was no one to stop the enemy but a couple of meadow larks. Even they gave up in despair when they saw stripes march in, for the skunks are old foes of the meadow larks. 
he was alone. And he felt mighty discouraged, I can tell you, but he'd promised to fight them, and so he set to work all alone, eating them as fast as ever he could lay a paw on them. That's about the only way Mother Nature teaches her creatures to destroy such things. My, they tasted strong. He felt sicker and sicker with every one. It grew dark, and they hid so he could hardly find them. Still he kept on eating, but at last they began to burn like fire inside him. He had just enough strength to stagger down to Dr. Muskrat's pond, and the next thing he knew the sun was shining. Stripes lay there in a sort of a daze, trying to think just what had happened to him. There was a queer faraway sound in his poor little loppy sick ears, but when he opened his eyes there was Bob White Quail standing beside him. "'What's the matter, Stripes?' he was asking. Suddenly Stripes could remember everything, those horrible hundreds and hundreds of potato bugs gnawing and squirming and swarming all around him. "'I'm sick!' he moaned. "'I promised to keep the bugs off Tommy Peel's potatoes, but they're too many for me. I'm beaten. Now I'll have to go away and never come back here again.' And the tears began to trickle down his pointy nose and drip on his paddy paws. "'You won't either,' snapped Bob White. "'You saved me from dying in that wire snare. I haven't forgotten that. Besides, those potato bugs are some of my own business. Get Dr. Muskrat to give you some medicine, and then come and see what we quail folk are doing.' He raised the covey call. "'Purrit! Purrit!' And off he flew to the quail's thicket. It didn't take Bob White long to lay down the law to the quail folk. In about the time it takes to swallow a seed, they were whirring off in every direction. Bob White himself went to find those flyaway meadowlarks. "'What do you mean by deserting like that in the face of the potato bug army?' he demanded. "'My, but his voice sounded pecky!' "'We flew away because that terrible skunk came to help them,' fluttered the larks. "'There was no use trying to fight him.' "'You didn't have to fight him?' raged Bob White. You only had to fight with him. You foolish, cowardly tiptails. He'd come to help you. To help us? squawked the meadowlarks. That beast, that beast who smashes our eggs and kills our mates and eats our young, we'd as soon expect help of Glider the Black Snake. You would, would you? Bob White's beak clicked dangerously. Well, it's time you learned that skunk is a special one. He saved my life and all the quail trust him. You get every meadow lark in all the woods and fields and the marsh beyond and go back to your fighting. Hear me? And he looked so roughly they didn't even dare to answer him. End of section 6